0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the BYU Pre-Med Podcast, hosted by myself, Kai Anderson, where we will discuss everything you need to know to become a well-rounded, well-prepared medical school applicant. All right, everyone. Today, I'm pleased to have Johnny Hatch with me here. Um, he's a fourth-year medical school student and also a fellow podcaster. And so we're excited to have him with us today. Right. And so, Johnny, can you start off just by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Kai. I, I'm super excited to be here. This is a podcast that I've really enjoyed listening to as a fourth-year medical student um, just because it like it like puts me back into the pre-med years, and and it's really like an awesome resource for pre-med students, especially those at BYU. Um, but a little bit about me. I grew up in the Air Force, but I'm from Idaho. Uh, I consider Idaho Falls my home. I went to undergrad at BYU and I I got my undergraduate degree in business management, um, and took the pre-med courses at the same time. And then, uh, that's where I met my wife and we had our first kid and in Provo. Okay. And then I got accepted to, to TCOM, which is the Texas college of osteopathic medicine. Um, and it's a really great school. It's one of the few DO schools that's state sponsored. Um, and it's also really nice because the the Texas tuition's a little cheaper. Um and by a little it's a lot cheaper. So <laughs> it's been sure. a really great time down in Fort Worth. We really liked it. So that's kinda of where I'm at right now. I'm a fourth year, I'm applying to dermatology. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a little bit about me.
0: That's great. Yeah. Um my wife's actually expecting right now. So I think I'm finding myself in a similar boat than or as what you were. Uh, on,
1: congratulations. Uh, that's thank awesome. you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And uh she's actually from Fort Worth too. So a bit of a connection. Oh, then. no
1: way. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. That's really cool.
0: <laughs> for sure. All right, so you're a fourth-year med school student now. Um, I think for undergrads, at least a big concern that I have is, like, what is medical school even like, you know? I've just heard basically it's like a trying to drink from a fire hose, and that's about it. And so I was wondering if you could give us a brief rundown, just kind of like year by year, what medical school looks like. Um, you can maybe talk a little bit about how you're having to do this podcast in your car while you're on rotation. Um, just give us a little bit of a breakdown of, of what that's like.
1: Yeah, totally. So as far as like drinking from a fire hose, I think it totally depends on what your undergraduate experience was like, right? And the kind of person you are, right? Okay. For me, BYU is hard. You know, I was juggling a lot of responsibilities between working 20 hours a week, um, taking care of my family, doing trying to do research and volunteering and schooling and so coming to medical school in a way felt like it was a little bit easier and i know that's not the case for everybody but in some ways starting medical school was nice because you only had to focus on one thing and that was your studies right and yeah. you do have to do a little bit of research and volunteering but not nearly to the degree that you do to get into medical school okay um but um so yeah, so so that I, I think it is harder and there are times where it's definitely harder than medical school. Like the the information is a lot more. Um, but um, in some ways it's easier. You're not having to take Dr. Savage's uh Ochem class or, you know, a difficult <laughs> biochemistry class, right? Yeah. So I don't know, is Dr. Savage even teaching OChem anymore?
0: Um, I know he teaches a couple chemistry classes. I haven't I've never taken Ochem from him, but he, he might be.
1: Okay, cool. But uh, yeah, so generally how it works in medical school and it really depends on what school you go to, but most schools they'll do um, like in class, you sit down and by in class, I mean you're learning material and you're not seeing patients the first two years, one to two years, depending on the school. And you'll either have like in-person lectures or virtual lectures and you do a lot of that. Um, A lot of it's you're like watching videos from third party resources You know, if you purchase some of those or you're doing a lot of flashcards, I don't know if you're familiar with Anki, but that's a huge thing as well as like a flashcard app. Um, So, yeah, um, that's kind of the first two years is you're learning the body systems, you know, everything from the reproductive system to endocrinology and um, cardiology, just the whole gamut of of medicine. Mm -hmm. You learn both the physiology and the pathology. And then the third and fourth years is really your clinical years. And so my school, how it works is the third year is our core rotations. And that's all the core rotations that most medical schools have to do that are required by the accrediting bodies. And so these are like family medicine, internal medicine, OBGYN, pediatrics, those sort of things, surgery. Um, And then your fourth year is pretty much dedicated. And once again, this depends on the school you go to. But at my school, our fourth year is largely electives. And so people will use this time to go visit residency programs and do away rotations at these residency programs and kind of figure out where they want to go to. And so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm applying to dermatology. And so I'm visiting a lot of different dermatology programs around the country. So um, as you mentioned, to, it's kind of expensive. So I, we have a minivan and I threw a cot in the back. And I'm kind of in a minivan, currently in a Walmart parking lot, but it's worked great. It's just a lot of money and it's just kind of a a glow-fuck venture, you know.
0: um, (laughs) For sure.
1: So, yeah, so that's kind of the layout of, of medical school.
0: Yeah, I think lots of people think, you know, once we're out of med school and it's that glamorous lifestyle, but I think sleeping in a cot in the back of a minivan in a Walmart parking lot sums it up pretty well. Well, that's great. Yeah. To that's that's really informative how that breaks down, and I think it's a, a breath of fresh air or a sigh of relief, I guess, for some of us thinking, okay, I'm already at you know my my very end here, my wit's end in my undergrad. How the heck am I going to handle med school? So, thanks for breaking that down for us a little yeah. bit. So, I guess speaking more about the undergrad, um, I'm guessing Civ one probably wasn't the most helpful course for you in med- medical school. But I guess what were what were some of the most helpful courses you took? or maybe just study strategies or learning thing or things that you learned in your undergrad that have helped you the most for medical school?
1: Yeah. You know, this is a great question. Um, there was a physics class that I took. Uh, I think it was just a very basic physics class. What is it? 105, I think. Probably 105. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was 105 or 106. Um, if it was the first level class or the second level, but the teacher had us read a book called make it stick. And Mm. the book is about effective learning. And um, honestly, I think what you, what you were talking about, like what's the best skills you've learned. And I really think the best skill I learned at BYU was how to actively learn. You know, these are the, the skills that will help you, learn material and retain it as well as be able to apply it to different situations. And I think my BYU education really prepared me for that. And so these are things like active recall or, um, spaced repetition. Um, those principles really help people to keep information long-term as well as to synthesize that material long-term as well. So, I, I had a lot of great classes at BYU. Some high yield, especially for medical school, are things like anatomy is really high yield. Mm-hmm. Um genetics is really high yield. I think anybody who does a biochemistry major, you know, they're gonna be more prepared for for some of the harder classes for sure. in medical school. But at the same time, um if you if you're like me and you just did the bare minimum pre-med requirements and then you did a, another degree like business management, you're gonna do fine. You, you really are going to do fine
0: that's that's great to hear and yeah I just finished that book actually make it stick um I was also yeah. reading it for, for that class um and I just went ahead and kind of um skimmed my way through the whole thing but um it's interesting I'm, I'm a TA for uh like an intro cell bio class right now and I always yeah. have kids coming in and they're asking like you know like I studied for like you know, so many hours, like four hours a day for this exam. And I did so bad on it. It's like, well, what were you doing for studying? He's like, well, I rewatched all the lecture videos like 10 times. It's like, did you do any practice uh-huh. questions? It's like, no, there weren't any practice questions. Like, well, did you try to make any? I'm like, no. I'm like, okay, well, there's a, there's a good starting spot. You know, you have, you have limited time for some of these things and learning how to learn or learning how to study well is, is so important. So I too would recommend yeah. that book. It's a, it's a great one.
1: Yeah. The studying well is huge. And and honestly, like finding strategies, like like being able to understand what the teacher wants you to know, like that is a really hard skill to develop. But if you can understand what principle they're trying to teach and how they could possibly test that, that's huge. And that'll get you so far. And then be able to recognize that on a test, be like, oh, they're trying to test me on this principle. And so that makes the answer more likely to be this answer, you know, and that's just a, that's a hard skill, but, but that's also a skill to learn.
0: Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah. I've seen that in studying with the, for the MCAT, even there's a couple of things that they always want to ask about. And if you see that in the answer choices, it's, it's most likely going to be that answer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. All right. And then I guess other than studying in school and things like that in your undergrad, you mentioned research and volunteer hours and just trying to put together a good recommend or a good application. Um, what are some things outside of school that you would recommend focusing on in the undergrad years?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I remember in your podcast, you have an episode where you talk about how uh, Dr. Dolly of the white coat investor came and talked to you all mm-hmm. um, and I remember when I was at BYU, he did the same thing. He came and talked to to us, and one of the things I remember him saying specifically about getting into medical school, he's, he's he said you need to check the boxes, you know, check all the boxes, get good yep. grades, get a good MCAT score, do research, do volunteering, and mm-hmm. then you need to have something that makes you memorable. And I think that's I think that's really important. Um, but really what makes somebody memorable isn't that they like hiked Everest or, or anything like that, even though that would be pretty memorable. But the thing that makes somebody memorable is what you say. I'm not sure if it's the same episode, but you talk about building your arc. And if you can build a cohesive story about why you want to do medicine, um, uh, why you want to apply to medical school, that's huge, you know, and, um, telling personal stories in your personal statement that, uh, that that make people think and, and, um, telling them in a unique way. Um, not, not being like too flamboyant about it, but, uh, but, um, you, you know, trying to build your story so it's cohesive. So people understand that understand your motivations and understand your drive and, and those sort of things really, really help. And so that's what I would say is beyond checking all the boxes, try and check those boxes in a way that it builds your arc over time. So that people can see a steady commitment to to medicine and a true dedication to to serving others and to providing excellent medical care
0: that's a great answer thanks for that i would I would add to that like it's a lot easier to remember one thing than it is to remember like twenty different things and so you know if you're if you're in the interview process or if you're putting together a personal statement in these things, if you're just checking all these boxes and there's no cohesiveness there, it's gonna be like okay he did that he did that he did that but if it's all over this arc that we were talking about it's like okay this is who this person is it's not just what they've done but it's who they are and we see okay this is someone that we can see being a successful physician
1: yeah yeah totally yeah i remember reading an application and, about a guy and i'm going to change some details you know for for obvious reasons yeah. but um he just had a really great story about being an EMT over time and like some great experiences. He had it as an EMT breaking bad news to a spouse who had just lost her husband. And they had, you know, we're doing, we're trying to resuscitate them. And um, it was a really compelling story. And then he talked about how like this was such a big thing for him being a EMT and then a paramedic and leading a team. And he wanted to be that leader and he felt, like the best way he could provide care and be that leader in these intensive situations was to be a physician and um he he kind of like um prophylactically um he prophylactically kind of told us you know one question sometimes people will have is well why not stay at a paramedic and he kind of prophylactically said you no know, some people wonder why not why? Why not just stay a paramedic if I love the rush of these things? And then he would give an answer. And so it was really great because he told this whole story, um, but then also talk, talked about um, you know why why uh, why he wanted to be a physician and not just um, be, be a par- paramedic, which he was very good at.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's showing his trajectory. You know how he's got to where he is, and then and then where to go from there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a lot about finding those things, and this is tricky because trying to find things that you're passionate about and and do those things while you're trying to do all these other things is, is a, um, you know, it's a it's another time commitment, it's another thing that you have to to be doing, but once you find that thing, then everything kind of falls under that, and you can, it's it's a it's a blanket, you know, over all of that that you can use. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. And so you mentioned you were reading through an application and, and you told me earlier that you're involved in the, um, a little bit involved in the applications, um, or in, in viewing applications and, and deciding who is getting rejected and accepted in the final processes, um, on, on a committee. And I guess what would you say are the reasons that you've seen or, um, that most common reasons you've rejected someone. We'll talk about being accepted in a second, but first of all, the most common reasons you've, you've seen someone be rejected at that stage. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's a hard, that's a hard question to answer because it's, it all depends on the applicant. You know, every once in a while there'll be a red flag where, um, where the, the writing of a personal statement may, maybe feels a little bit too robotic. Uh, Maybe it feels a little forced. Um, or, or maybe it just doesn't quite feel authentic. Right. Um, so that might be a reason why, because, you know, after reading the statement and then reading the letters of rec that aren't, aren't very strong, we think, you know, is this person really committed to medicine? Is this the kind of person that we want representing our school? Um, that's, you know, unfortunately that's sometimes the reason I see, um, at at my level, where, where I am in the application process, usually people have already, most people have been screened out already, have been rejected already, and we're right. just rejecting a couple people who have already been interviewed. And so, I think you know, if you get to where I'm at, it's you have a pretty good shot. Um, but um, besides that, one of the reasons that we discuss a lot about is if somebody um, sometimes we'll reject reapplicants because they really haven't done much um, after after applying the first time to improve their application. Mm, um, we also see a lot of people who get rejected just because their grades aren't the best, um, and so that's when you know one of these graduate or postback programs are really helpful. Um, I know that stinks, but if you really really want to do medicine and there's no other options for you, then then maybe that's something to consider to get like a master's of science degree somewhere or, or do a post back to show that you can handle the heavy course load of medical school.
0: I like that. Yeah. Um, so like you said, there's, there's a lot of, it, it totally depends on the applicant, but there are things like you, we need to have that passion and, and not be robotic in our personal statements.
1: Yeah. Okay, and that's and then, so hard to do, but you know, just, just, I would start your personal statement early and have a just a small group of people to help you perfect it, you know, but you'll get there.
0: And like you said, telling stories in that is is really important, too. Yeah, exactly. That's great. And then I guess I think I know the answer to this, but is there anything that is like a, a golden ticket um, for for that time, like you, you, they've got to the point where you're there now and you see something you're like, Oh yeah, this person's in.
1: (laughs) No, there's no golden ticket. You know, everybody's unique. Everybody has something different. You know, you might have the best MCAT score in the world and that, that won't get you in. If, if you haven't done volunteering, if you've done, if you've shown very minimal commitment to the field, if you've hardly shadowed. Um, so really there is no golden ticket. Um, but you know, we, we want well-rounded applicants who, who really want to do medicine. And it's hard when we say like for right reasons, it's like, well, what are the right reasons are the right reasons, you know, to provide it for my family and, and have a meaningful career while I do it. I would say yes, but, but you need to be really convincing in your, in, you know, providing for your family comes off a lot different than I want to make a ton of, ton of money. Right. And so I don't really think most will lead off a personal statement with, like, I want to provide for my family. It's, it's really about, you know, dedication to the field, dedication to, to serving others um, through medicine.
0: So, yeah, I think, like you were saying, it's it's about having something that you're passionate about and and making that the, your reason of, of why. Um, it's not doing it for, for the money or for the prestige of being a doctor, but having something that's intrinsic, I guess, rather than extrinsic that that's driving you because those things last, The, the extrinsic things don't really last as well. I guess just to wrap up now, um, we've talked about undergrad, you talked about med school at the start, Um, I guess going after med school, I guess you were saying also in your third year or in your in your fourth year, you're doing this too a little bit. But what advice would you have about picking a specialty? And I guess you can give us your take on on dermatology and kind of when you decided that dermatology was right for you if that was in your undergrad or medical school. And, And what was that experience like for you?
1: Yeah. I know a lot of people come into medicine with some sort of idea of what they want to do. I think that's great. My best advice is to shadow early and shadow often. Make a list of the different specialties you're considering. And then during like your first and second year, every time you have a chance, I would go shadow a doctor for a couple hours to see what their life is like and then see what their practice is like. And that really helped me decide on dermatology. Um, I thought about dermatology for a while. And I shadowed a couple different doctors and I also shadowed doctors in other fields, family and internal medicine, and the more people that you can talk to shadow the better. And I think that gives you a better idea. Um, the earlier you decide the better, because then you can build a strategy to successfully match, especially if you want to pursue something competitive like ophthalmology, dermatology, um, ear, no throat, those sort sort of things. The sooner you can know, the better. So if you can go shadow those kind of docs, that would be awesome. Um, so that's really my main piece of advice: shadow early, shadow often. You can get a, you can uh, be a part of different interest groups as well on campus, and that helps uh, because oftentimes they'll bring speakers in to talk about their specialty and what it's like.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, I thought for instance that like, I guess the lifestyle of dermatology really applied, really appealed to me. I went and shadowed a dermatologist for a couple days. And by the end of it, I was like, you know what, as of right now, that's, that's not really what I want my life in medicine to look like. Um, that might change again yeah. if I, if I see it, um, again in, in medical school, but it definitely lets you see what you do and what you don't want and in, in a real life scenario and not just what you've imagined up in your head. And I, I think it's a win-win with shadowing, you know, you're, you're not only getting more exposure to what you're possibly going to be doing, but you're also building a network with people like you're saying and increasing your chances of being able to match and things there. Exactly. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Johnny. Um, I've really enjoyed our discussion and it's been very informative for me and I'm sure it will be for, for all of our listeners out there too. So thanks for thanks for taking the time to come on here
1: yeah thanks for having me kai i really appreciate it
0: for sure all right we look forward to you guys joining us next week we're going to talk about more of those study habits that johnny mentioned today and and we're going to be discussing metacognition and i'll also be talking through some of those strategies that are mentioned in that book make it stick so thanks for joining and we look forward to seeing you next week